I'm Governor Larry Hogan. Our state is taking unprecedented and aggressive actions in the fight to stop the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic here in Maryland. As you know, I recently issued a stay-at-home directive to ensure that no Marylander leaves his or her home unless it is for an essential job or for an essential purpose. I know how difficult this is on each and every one of you. There's a great deal of fear and anxiety. And the truth is that none of us really know how bad this is going to get or how long it's going to last. But I can promise you that there are a great many dedicated people doing tremendous things, working around the clock, and doing their very best to help keep Marylanders safe. In the days to come, we're going to need to depend on each other, to look out for one another, and to take care of each other, because we are all in this together, and we will get through this together. This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Good morning. It's Monday, April 6th, 2020. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Some good news. The Annapolis Police Department has made an arrest in the shooting death of Leslie Saunders, which was on Ben's Drive on March 15th. In a press conference shortly following the shooting, Annapolis Police Chief Edward Jackson said that the department was working on several leads and he didn't want to disclose anything more for fear of jeopardizing the investigation. Good move on his part. They did identify a suspect. They got an arrest warrant, and they did arrest him on Friday afternoon in the unit block of Old Mill Bottom Road on the Broadneck Peninsula. He's been identified as a 21-year-old man from Annapolis. Detectives are continuing to investigate, and if anybody has any more information, they can contact them at 410-260-3439. Some not-so-good news for Anne Arundel County Police. In less than a week after a sergeant was arrested on domestic violence charges, a second officer has been arrested and charged with child abuse. On March 23rd, the Anne Arundel County Police got a message from the FBI saying that back in February, the FBI was involved in an undercover capacity on a pornographic website. They received a message from an unknown user who solicited a sexual encounter with a child. Through some investigations, they did identify the suspect as being a six-year veteran of the Anne Arundel County Police Department living in the 400 block of Brooks Court in Glen Burnie. On the same day, a search warrant for the suspect and his residence was obtained and executed in the evening. They did seize numerous digital devices, and while serving the warrant, they did have a conversation with the suspect who did admit his involvement in the conversation regarding an eight-year-old child. Last Friday, working in conjunction with the state's attorney's office, they did obtain an arrest warrant charging him with the sexual solicitation of a minor, as well as 10 counts of the possession of child pornography. And they arrested him without incident near his residence late on Friday. In a statement, Anne Arundel County Police Chief Timothy Altamar said, True police, those with protective hearts, care about two groups of people more than any other. Those groups are our children and our elderly. Both groups, by virtue of their innocence and effects of aging, are most vulnerable to predators. If someone wearing a badge betrays our oath of protection, we will do everything within our power to bring them to justice and make sure that they never wear the uniform again. And some sad news out of South County. On Thursday evening, very late, we heard about two missing canoers off of the coast of Shadyside. 
And on Friday morning, it became obvious that this was not just any two canoers because there was an awful lot of people that were becoming involved in this. And ultimately, it was identified that the two were Maeve Kennedy Townsend McCain and her eight-year-old son, Gideon Joseph Kennedy McCain. Now, Maeve Kennedy Townsend McCain is the daughter of former Maryland Lieutenant Governor Kathleen Kennedy Townsend. On Thursday evening, rescue crews were called to Columbia Beach Community Pier in Shadyside for the report of a missing canoeist. The Anne Arundel County Fire Department, the DNR Police, the Coast Guard all responded and began a search. They searched through the evening all through the day Friday, and on Saturday afternoon, the Coast Guard did suspend the search indefinitely. Involved in the search effort was the Coast Guard Cutter Angela McShann out of Cape May, New Jersey, Coast Guard Station Annapolis, Coast Guard Station Oxford, Coast Guard Station Indigos, Air Station Atlantic City, Air Station Elizabeth City, the Maryland State Police, Maryland Natural Resources Police, as well as the Anne Arundel County Fire and Rescue. The Coast Guard did search a combined total of 3,658 square miles with nothing found. Now, we do understand that the state DNR is continuing the search on their own as well. Kathleen Kennedy Townsend did release a statement about this, and it said, in part, With profound sadness, I share the news that the search for my beloved daughter Maeve and grandson Gideon has turned from rescue to recovery. My heart is crushed, yet we shall try to summon the grace of God and what strength we have to honor hope and energy and passion that Maeve and Gideon set forth in the world. My family thanks all for the outpouring of love and prayers as we grieve and try to bear this devastating loss. Governor Larry Hogan didn't take a rest from the COVID-19 outbreak this weekend. He issued another emergency order to protect residents and staff at Maryland nursing homes across the state. This order does talk about personal protective equipment. Now, all personnel who are in close contact with residents of nursing homes will be required to wear personal protective equipment, including a face mask, appropriate eye protection, gloves, and gown. They discussed testing, where all tests now need to go to the state lab to be tested because they can turn them around very quickly. They're not to go to a commercial lab, which does take several days to turn it around. Nursing homes are now going to have to have a unit of staff who are assigned to care for known or suspected COVID-19 residents and designate a room, a unit, a floor of the nursing home as a separate observation area where newly admitted and readmitted residents are kept for 14 days. He also ordered nursing homes to work with Maryland Department of Health in taking care of anybody that may be discharged from a hospital that would require nursing home care. They must cooperate with the Office of Health and Care Quality and hospitals in the placement of those patients. If one of their residents is admitted to the hospital, they do need to guarantee their return to the nursing home as long as they are following CDC recommendations. As far as the update on the COVID-19 virus, Maryland now has 3,609 cases, 67 deaths, and that 3,609 represents the highest jump yet. Anne Arundel County does have 319 with six fatalities. The updated numbers will come out a little bit later on this morning, generally around 10 a.m., so you want to make sure you're checking back with ionanapolis.net for that information. Videos, photos, and screenshots were posted all over social media on Saturday showing hundreds of people packed in close together at the Fisherman's Market within the Wharf Complex down in southwest D.C. This did prompt D.C. to act and act quickly. Overnight, bright orange signs were posted on the businesses informing vendors and customers that the business was closed due to an emergency and would not be open again until April 24th. Similar scenes were posted on social media up in Baltimore and also reported here in Annapolis. And I would expect that we will see the state lean on local authorities to close down these businesses involuntarily if they don't want to play by the rules. 
And I want to highlight another business that's doing some good for the COVID-19 first responders. This is Squisito Pizza and Pasta, and they are offering a 20% discount off of the entire order throughout April and May for any first responders who present a valid ID. And that does include doctors, nurses, paramedics, firefighters, police, and military. And locally, we've got restaurants in Annapolis, Glen Burnie, Severna Park, and Queenstown. I had food there on Friday, and I'll tell you, they do have this curbside delivery down pat. And yesterday, I also did see some bitching going on on social media about different delays and glitches at other businesses with the curbside and everything else. And my advice there is cut these businesses a break. This is new to them just as it is to you. And right now, we can all use just a little bit of patience. All right, it is Monday. That means we have Ann Alsina from Covington Alsina standing by with your Money Monday report. We do have George Young with your local DMV weather forecast. He's coming up. But first, we need to hear from Solar Energy Services. Hello, Marylanders. This is Rick Peters, president of Solar Energy Services in Millersville, Maryland. First, I'd like to recognize Governor Larry Hogan and County Executive Stuart Pittman for their leadership through this pandemic as we all continue to adjust to new norms in these challenging times. To be sure, we'll come out of this situation with some permanent changes to our way of life, including the possibility of a greater commitment to a more holistic and sustainable lifestyle. Because of that, maybe now is a good time for you to start thinking about your energy future, including a shift to solar for your home or business. Fortunately, Solar Energy Services utilizes interactive technology tools that allow us to continue to do business safely while providing detailed, accurate presentations and proposals from a distance. So don't hesitate to schedule a free solar design with us today at 410-923-6090 or visit us at solarsaves.net. Sunshine's a wasting, but together we'll get through this. Going out? You need the most up-to-date local weather. Here's George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis with today's forecast. Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather, and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Monday, April 6th. Yesterday was a great finish to a solid weather weekend for the Annapolis region, and today will be just as nice as well with tons of sunshine and high 65 to 72 degrees for all of Anne Arundel County. Then rain chances return Tuesday through Thursday as another frontal boundary lingers in the skies above the mid-Atlantic, with rainfall amounts light with only scattered showers on Tuesday before some possible showers, maybe even some thunderstorms on Wednesday followed by more light showers on Thursday with temps in the 70s each day before a cool down into the upper 50s to lower 60s both Friday and Saturday despite a return to sunshine with the potential then for more showers on Sunday with highs in the 60s. So on the whole, a pretty standard week of weather ahead for early April in an otherwise very non-standard week of living as we enter week four of formalized social distancing, remote working, and mask wearing for pretty much everyone. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DMV Weather. Make it a great day out there. Stay healthy and safe. And be sure to get our free app on all of your devices by searching DCMDVA Weather in the Apple or Google App Stores. And also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and on our website at dmvweather.com so you can always stay weather informed. This is TJ Smith. I'm running to be your mayor. I'm not a politician. I'm a lifelong public servant. And right now, in our city, there is no more urgent time to serve. We need to turn the page on corruption at City Hall that spanned a decade and be swift and bold in reducing crime and trauma. It's time we think different, Baltimore. We need to want more. We need to expect more. I'm TJ Smith, and with your support, I know that we can be more. Paid for by friends of TJ Smith, Carlton Epps, Senior Treasurer. Your money, managing and investing it can be confusing and sometimes scary. 
Here to help you put your financial picture into focus is Ann Alsina from Covington Alsina with your Monday Money Report. This is Ann Alsina of Covington Alsina with your Monday Money Report. The markets closed their worst first quarter in history last week, and we expect the volatility or the ups and downs in the market to continue for some time. What's important to remember is that markets are forward-looking, meaning stock prices reflect what is expected to come, not what currently is. The markets have already priced in the expectation of a recession. The key takeaway is that the market rebound will come before the economy rebounds. Stay the course, as scary as that seems right now. There are also some important things for investors to know about the CARES Act, the third round of stimulus. The law includes a tremendous amount of support for small businesses, and I'd encourage you to visit the state and local government websites for links to these programs. If you're an individual investor, here's what you need to know. If you are single and had a 2019 adjusted gross income of less than 75000 or 150000 as a married couple, you'll be receiving a stimulus check, plus more for each child. If you are fortunate enough to still have your paycheck coming in, some great things to do with the money are to pay down debt and build your cash reserves. Other options include buying low by investing it or donating to one of the many local nonprofits that are struggling right now. If you are taking required minimum distributions, or RMDs, from an IRA, the CARES Act waives the RMD requirement for 2020. If you do not need the money, you can leave that distribution in the account. In addition to the filing and payment deadline for 2019 taxes being moved to July 15th, the IRA contribution deadline has also been moved. You have until July 15th to fund your IRA for 2019. While we generally only recommend tapping retirement funds as a last resort, we know that these are extraordinary times. If you do need to tap into your retirement accounts, the law waives the 10% penalty for up to $100,000 of withdrawals for affected individuals under 59 and a half. It also allows you to spread the taxes due on the withdrawal over three years and even repay the withdrawal over the three-year period. The limit for 401k loans has also increased from a maximum of 50% of your account balance or $50,000, whichever is lower, to $100,000 or 100% of your account balance, whichever is lower. Repayment will not need to start until January 2021. There is also a provision for federal student loans, suspending payments and interest for six months in the act. Please visit myfedloan.org for more information about the impact on student loans. We continue to provide new updates online, so visit us at www.covingtonalcena.com and our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Covingtonalcena. We're sending out emails with research and investment commentary, and you can sign up on our Facebook page for those as well. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Great Valley Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Covington Alcina and Great Valley Advisor Group are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance references historical and there's no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The opinions voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. And if you don't have a financial advisor or you haven't heard from yours, come talk to us. This is Anne Alcina with Covington Alcina. Whether it's a fire, a hurricane, or a virus, Annapolis comes together. We've done it time and time again because this is a town that gets it. A town that knows how to lift each other up when the world falls down. As we face this new challenge, I encourage our community to come together as we've always done. I'm Steve Samaras from Zachary's Jewelers. I pledge to lend a hand to support my family, my team, my neighbors, and the small businesses in our town. Together, let's do what we've always done. 
You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon.